So for you, if you're here and you don't know with certainty that Christ is in your life and he's the Lord of your life and he's real and transforming your life, the most important thing out of all this is, what am I going to do with Jesus Christ? Thank you for joining us on Truth That Changes Lives. Pastor J.P. Jones is the senior pastor of Crossline Community Church in Laguna Hills, California, and a professor in biblical studies at Biola University. Today on Truth That Changes Lives, Pastor J.P. will be giving us a message from a series entitled Spiritual Gifts. Let's listen in as J.P. gives part two of Equipping the Saints. We are ministers of the ministry. Every one of us, we're ministers. We've been called to ministry. We've been called to the work, singular, of ministry. Your life is not your own anymore. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we've been bought with a price. Our life is not our own. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Our life has been marked out as followers of Jesus Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.14 that the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Our lives now as Christ followers has been marked out by God's love so that we don't just live for ourselves, we live for him who died and rose again for us. And part of that life calling is that we've been called to a life of service, a life of ministry. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says this, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, for by grace you've been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. But then it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God who is outside of time, who's bigger than anything we can imagine, has prepared good works for us. And we're to walk in them. In fact, get this. If that's not enough to blow your mind, you may be here today, and um, you're here as a guest, you're, you're here as a seeker, you're here curious. And, and if I was to sit down over a cup of coffee, as I do with people all the time, and just talk to you about my relation with God and your relationship with God, you might even say, I don't even know if I believe this or not. Get this, you may not even be a person who's crossed the line yet, but God has good works already prepared for you to walk in. Because God, who is outside of time, sees your life, sees the plan that he has for your life, sees your decision to commit your life to him, and has already prepared the works for you to walk in. You see, for the follower of Jesus Christ, life's an adventure. For the follower of Jesus Christ, life takes on a whole new significance. And you can't be any more significant than be right at that very center of God's plan. God has this eternal kingdom plan, and then he has an individual plan for your life. And when you live right there at the center of God's kingdom plan and your individual plan, that is life at its fullest. And it's doing the work of ministry. It's living the life that God's called you to live. It's using the gifts that God has given to you. It's making a contribution to what God has called you to the body of Christ. So God's plan here in Ephesians chapter 4 is this. Gifted people equipping the saints so that God's people can do the work of ministry. And there's different ministries, by the way. A lot of different ministries. In fact, one of the passages that we looked at a couple of weeks ago in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 to 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries, 
but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. God has given you a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, but that might be expressed through multiple varieties of ministries. God's intention, God's plan, gifted people, equipping the saints so that God's people can do the work of ministry. Uh, yesterday morning, I got up, drove up to Lake Santa Margarita. I do this pretty often. I go up there, go to Starbucks, get my coffee, go up by the lake, have my quiet time, study the Bible, walk around the lake, pray. I'm driving to Lake Santa Margarita, and I drive by uh, Santa Margarita High School. And as I drive by, this is just early in the morning, uh, football players were already out there practicing. And I kind of smiled to myself because I realized for Santa Margarita, probably for a lot of schools around here, they've just started Hell Week. And Hell Week, for those of you who don't know, is, is a time in football preseason, really even before the actual practice starts, where you practice two, three times a day, and it's literally hell. That's why it's called Hell Week. I saw those guys out there practicing, and I thought to myself, this is what goes on in Hell Week. This is what goes on in a practice. you got coaches, and they're out there. They're blowing the whistle. They're giving instructions. They're taking guys through drills. They're showing guys how to block, how to tackle, how to pass, how to catch, how to run. you got players, all of them, training and exercising and going through all these drills, learning their skills the best that they can be. And they're doing all that so that when the season starts in a couple of weeks, they can win games. you got coaches training everybody on the team so the team can win games. You see, that's, that's a picture of the body of Christ. God's given gifted people to equip the saints so that God's people can all work together in their area of ministry so that the church can be built up. Now, Paul takes most of this passage to describe how God wants the church to be built up. See, uh, a couple weeks ago, executive pastors, we went off to pray to find the mind of God and his intention for this church because God has a plan for this church. And, and our role is to discover what God's doing and to join him. Our job isn't to dream up plans. It's to discover God's plan and to join him. And this passage tells us some very specific things about what God wants to do here at this church and what God wants to do in every church because he has a certain purpose and design for his body. And it's that the body of Christ be built up. God is saying in this passage, he's given gifted people to equip the saints so that God's people can do the work of the ministry, so the body of Christ can be built up. Now, Paul uh, probably didn't take, you know, grammar 101, because he's mixing his metaphors. He's been talking about the human body, and now he talks about the body being built up, and he switches over into a construction metaphor. In fact, he uses a word here that he uses several times in the New Testament. It's the word oikodomia. Oika is a building. Oikos is a household. Oikodomia means to build up the building. Looking at the church as a building, God's purpose is that it gets built up. In fact, Paul used this metaphor earlier in Ephesians, in Ephesians 2.21. He's speaking about the church and he says, in whom the whole building is being fitted together, growing into a holy temple in the Lord. In other words, he says, like, there's a foundation which is laid, that's Jesus Christ, and it was laid by the apostles and the prophets. He laid the foundation. And then the building is getting constructed. That's the body of Christ, the church. God's intention is that the building, 
Not the physical structure, but the spiritual, organic relationship of one to another and all of us to Christ that it gets built up. But he gives us a clue in the book of Ephesians as to how that whole building is built up. When he uses this same word over in Ephesians 4.29, he uses this word oikodomia when he says this, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such as words that are good for edification, oikodomia, according to the need of the moment, that it might give grace to those who hear. You see, not only does God want this organic whole built up, he wants this kind of building up. He wants this kind of building up. He wants this kind of building up. You see, when we build each other up in our personal relationships by speaking grace, which, by the way, you can add grace to someone's life with your words, or you can take grace away from someone's life with your words. Our words have a powerful effect in relationship. It's like we have this uh, grace bank account, and deposits and withdrawals are being made all the time. You know what I'm talking about? You, you start off your day with a healthy account of grace. Some guy flips you off on the freeway. You're okay with that. You, you start off with a zero deposit of grace. The same guy flips you off on the freeway. You want to track him down. That wasn't me, by the way, that did that on the freeway. Uh, the point is this. Grace is somewhat fluid in terms of our personal experience. We have grace. That's how we've been saved. We've been given grace. That's how we have spiritual gifts. We can give grace to one another. And that's what building up one another involves. It involves giving grace to one another. And the way that we give grace to one another is through our words, our words of encouragement. It builds one another up. So the whole building is built up as each individual relationship is being built up. Think about it, our little spheres of relationships here. If in all these spheres of relationship, all our small groups in men's ministry, women's ministry, in the Nehemiah team, in new people that you've just met, in personal relationships, folks you go out to dinner with, if grace was being communicated and you're being built up and the people that you're interacting with are being built up, the effect of the whole is that the whole body is built up. I don't know, football coach, he used to use this phrase, the play within the play. And what he meant by that is any given play offensively just designed to score a touchdown. Now, that doesn't happen, but it's designed that way. And what he used to talk about is that you got 11 guys on a football team, and there's a play that's called, but there's a play within the play. In other words, your particular role in that play, your responsibility on that play, what you're supposed to do. So think about the play within the play. Sometimes I think we can talk about the church, and it's, it's kind of nebulous, or it's theoretical, or it's theological. It, it sounds like this religious talk. And, and if you struggle with that, don't worry about that. Don't worry about the big play. Think about the play within the play. What's your job in communicating grace to people today? What can you do to build someone up today? Because if you build someone up, and the person next to you builds someone up, and the person next to them builds someone up, and if we all build someone up, guess what? The whole church gets built up. And that's God's design. That's what God wants to see happen. It is gifted people equipping the saints so that God's people do the work of the ministry, so the body of Christ is built up. And now Paul tells us specifically what that looks like. 
He says, verse 13, until we all reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. The body of Christ being built up means that we have a unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. These two phrases are connected so that the second defines the first. Unity of the faith is a knowledge of the Son of God. We as a whole know Jesus Christ. And this is the word epignosco. It's not theoretical knowledge, it's personal knowledge. It's what Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 3. Whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. And more than that, I count all things to be lost and with the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, I count them but rubbish, in order I may gain Christ. What God wants is for us collectively to really know Jesus Christ. In fact, if you're here as a guest, if you're here as someone who is curious, that's the most important thing. That's it. Knowing Jesus Christ. Knowing Christ personally and in a life transformational way. And what Paul says is his desire, God's desire, is that the whole church has that unity of personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. He continues in verse 13 and says, and becomes mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, God wants us to be growing up. The word mature is the Greek word teleos. It means perfect, full-grown, mature, complete. Uh, the, the whole measure is a word that in the King James Version is, is defined as stature. It's the word helikia. It is describing someone who's reached that point of adulthood where they are at that place of maturity and wisdom that in the ancient Middle East was very much revered and honored. So what God wants is for the church to mature to the place of spiritual adulthood. doesn't want us being babies. It's okay to be a baby when you're a baby. But when you should have grown up to maturity, it's no longer okay to be a baby. That's true for individuals, true for church. God wants us to be mature and attain to the whole measure. And what is that measure? What's that standard that we are to measure ourselves as a church to? It's the fullness of Jesus Christ. So this is something that, on the one hand, you can see that you're progressing. On the other hand, you're never going to fully get there. But every church, ours included, should desire to be mature spiritually. Not just growing in numbers, but growing deeper in our knowledge of Christ. Growing more mature in our experience of the fruit of the Spirit. Growing more transformed into the very likeness of Jesus Christ. That's what God wants. Not just individually, but corporately, congregationally. He continues this description of being built up verse 14 then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming part of being built up is that in our maturing process we're not infantile in our thinking in other words we're not spiritually vulnerable to every form of teaching to every you know, instant spirituality scheme out there, to every doctrinal focus on the radio or in some seminar. But we have a certain stability about our faith. You know, there are all kinds of worldviews out there to challenge our thinking and our believing. Uh, my son Taylor and I have been meeting the last several weeks. He graduated from high school, is going off to college. We've been meeting on Friday mornings to have breakfast and just talk about what does it mean to have a biblical worldview? What does it mean to be centered in our faith? Because as he's going off to college, he's going to be bombarded by roommates and groups and professors challenging everything he's ever come to believe as a Christ follower. 
And so we've been talking about how to not only know what you believe, but know why you believe it, so that you're rooted in a, in a biblical life and a biblical way of thinking. Well, Paul says that's what he wants for every Christian, because he wants us as a church not to be pulled by this spiritual idea and then pulled over here by this church growth fad and then pulled over this by this religious experience and then tossed back over here to this, you know, how to have a better life seminar. It's, it's to be firmly rooted in the Word. That's why at Crossline, what you're going to get every week is solid teaching from God's Word. I'm not the authority. There's no denomination that's the authority. There's no human individual that is the authority. God is our ultimate authority, and he's communicated that in his word. That's why we study God's word, to understand what it is we're to believe and why we're to believe it and how we're to live that out as salt and light in the world. And what God wants to happen for the church, because there's gifted people equipping the saints so that God's people do the work of the ministry, so the church is built up, and part of that being built up is that we're mature and we're not tossed back and forth. But instead... What we're doing is what verse 15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who's the head. That's Christ. The word truth is aletheia. This is the verb aletheo. And what it means is truthing it in love. Not just in our words, but everything. Everything is truth in love. Our whole relationship, our whole teaching, our whole ministry, everything about who we are and how we do what we do is truthing it in love because that's a powerful combination. Truthing it in love transforms lives. Truthing it in love brings healing to people. Truthing it in love brings reconciliation of relationship. Truthing it in love connects people with Jesus Christ. Truthing it in love sets people free. And as it says in this passage, when we truth it in love, we grow up into Christ. And then Paul has one last thing to say here as he summarizes this description of the built-up body. He says, verse 16, From him, that's Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's what Paul's been saying. Gifted people, equipping the saints, so that God's people do the work of the ministry, so that the body of Christ is built up. Three key words here in this last verse. Whole every each. Whole every each. God's intention is for the whole body. It involves every member as each does their part. Remember what I said, what my football coach used to say? The play within the play. God has a big play planned. I mean, it's bigger than anything we could ever imagine. It's bigger than I could even describe. Sometimes you can get lost in the big play. So what's my play within the play? Do my part. You see, as you do your part, and 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 everybody does our part, the whole is accomplished. And what's the whole? The body being built up in love and growing according to God's plan. In all things. So growing in our spiritual fruitfulness, growing in our knowledge, growing in our impact for Christ, growing in our service to the world, growing in our show of justice and compassion in society, growing in numbers, growing in every good work, growing in all things, because we're being built up in love. And how does it start? It starts with gifted people equipping the saints so that God's people does the work of ministry, and the result is the body of Christ 
is built up. This is where each one of us needs to consider our next step. Because if we don't have that vital connection with Jesus Christ, nothing else matters. So for you, if you're here and you don't know with certainty that Christ is in your life and he's the Lord of your life and he's real and transforming your life, the most important thing out of all this is, what am I going to do with Jesus Christ? If you're a Christ follower, it's what are the gifts that God has given to me that I can use to serve this body? If you're one of these gifted people who is an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, it's how can I mobilize God's people to do what God's calling them to do? You see, wherever we are in the spiritual journey, God has something for us to take the next step. Let's ask him what it is. What a great message for all of us today. Pastor JP provides us with great insight. That is why we'd like to make it available to you on CD. Just get in touch and mention today's date. We'll send it your way for just $5. Or if you'd like to support this ministry, you can write us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331 Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or give us a call at 949-916-0250. That's 949-916-0250. For your gift of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of JP's new book, Facing Goliath. Please join us every Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. at Crossline Church in Laguna Hills. The address is 23331 Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or check us out on the web at crosslinechurch.com. We're going to get to the address and phone number again in a moment. But before we do that, Pastor JP, do you have any insight from today's message? Thanks, Greg. You know, we've been looking at Scripture in terms of what it says about spiritual gifts. And we've discovered in Ephesians chapter 4 that healthy churches grow and that healthy churches are made up of healthy Christians. And healthy Christians are believers who understand that God has gifted them spiritually and they use those gifts in the power of the Holy Spirit to serve one another in love. Every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ have been given spiritual gifts. And those gifts are used to build up Christ's body. And when Christ's body is built up, the church grows in love. And when the church grows in love, it fulfills God's kingdom purposes in the world. So healthy churches are made up of healthy Christians. Healthy Christians are Christians who understand they've been given spiritual gifts. And in Ephesians 4, the kind of gifts that are described here are equipping gifts, gifts that uh, function as coaching, teaching, training gifts to build up, equip and release others to do the work of the ministry. And when everyone is doing the work of the ministry, then Christ's body is unified, it's filled with love, and it grows according to God's design. So discovering your spiritual gift not only makes a difference for you, it makes a difference for your church, and it makes a difference for Christ's kingdom. What spiritual gifts has God given to you? Are your gifts equipping gifts? Are they the gifts that are to be used to equip and release and empower others to do what God has called them to do? Several years ago when my son was uh, was younger and played Pop Warner football, I had the uh, privilege of being one of his football coaches. And I used to tell the kids that I coached that in any game that they play in, there is a play within the play. And what I meant by that is there's a larger play that's going on. It's uh, what's happening offensively and defensively in the football game. It's the whole flow of the ball being moved down the field. But there's also a play within the play, and that is what they as an individual team member might be doing in that play, whether they're a lineman or a back or a receiver. Whatever their role is, is the play within the play. For you as a Christ follower, what's your play within the play? What has Christ called you to do as his servant? 
What are the gifts that he's given to you? And how are you using those gifts to build up others? That's what God is calling us to as we use our gifts to advance his kingdom. Let's ask him to do what only he can do through our lives. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've given spiritual gifts to us. Help us use the gifts that you've given to us to build up the body of Christ, to serve one another in love, and to be the followers that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to help you in your relationship with Christ. Please get in touch with us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331, Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or call us at 949-916-0250. On the internet, you will find us at crosslinechurch.com. We hope to see you at one of our services every Sunday at our new campus in Laguna Hills. For more information and directions, please go to crosslinechurch.com. Please join us next time on Truth That Changes Lives. The cross before.